and welcome to another episode of Northside Now. This is the podcast where we take you on a tour through all of the ministries and the latest happenings around Northside Church to keep you better connected with your church family. My name is Patrick, and with me as always are my co-hosts, Glenn Miller and Kevin Bryant. What's up, guys? I'm back. Welcome back, Glenn. I went to Texas, got my passport stamped, and they let me come back to the United States. Well, that's that was nice. Of I heard you were tiptoeing through the tulips. I did tiptoe through the tulips, <laughs> and let me tell you, that was unexpected fun. Yeah, it was a lot of. I think this is the fun. trend, right? I've heard of a farm near here, somewhere in West Tennessee, or Tennessee for sure, um, that does that too. And oh, that's wow. that's a thing. We are going to talk about. Um, I think we're going to talk about farm today just a little bit yeah listen i mentioned it the donald farm but it's a thing you know you yeah. go out there you, you pick your flowers get your photograph taken i said that like a really old person <laughs> photograph photograph taken. photograph taken take your pick uh-huh. fun- get it yeah your pick <laughs> take your pick of flowers you know, it's, it's and- an interesting Wait. thing if you own land yeah. so it's five bucks to get in five bucks a person to get in and then 250 a stem and they wow. give you a little basket and they have like little picture places we didn't do the picture places but it's really fun and the place was packed with wow. people and um it was fun you just went through of course we all my family we all love tulips yeah i don't know what we just have like an affection for that flower but um so the blue fun. bonnet was your thing we do like blue bonnet our kitchen is all blue bonnet <laughs> but uh but we have tulips around our house and stuff but it was fun. It was a blast. That's good. A little muddy. A little muddy. But it was, um, hey, you can get mud between your toes or stuff. It's good. Yeah, right. <laughs> Glad to be home. Good spring break. Uh, I know some people are spring breaking um, this week as they're listening yeah. to this. But, you know, spring breaks are almost over and Easter's almost here. Maybe we'll have some warm weather stick around. It would be nice. <laughs> and some dry. You're not liking the, the cold, rainy. Uh... My sinuses and uh, respiratory system are not liking that. I don't think. Yeah. What? Just a couple of weekends ago, we <clears throat> broke three days in a row of low records. And yeah. one of them was at the teens. Oh, I know. I'm I like, know. Uh-uh. It's messing up my fishing. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Well, I want to say I listened to uh, last week's podcast with you guys, and y'all just went all, all hardcore. Yeah, getting all out there. It's the way we the roll, come out stuff. swinging. Woo! <laughs> Tell you what, maybe I've been holding y'all back. I need to get out of the way. You know, turn y'all loose. Y'all might be the next, the next big thing. Yeah, you talk about conspiracy theories. Hey, look, I got a good one for us at some point. It's yeah, like, I don't know. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to hang with you in this one, but we yeah. won't talk about it right yeah, now. Yeah, no spoilers, but I'll talk about it next week. <laughs> Patrick's, you're Reddit. <laughs> He, you're Reddit. He's uh, knee deep in the Reddit. Look, you know, you don't even Reddits. know. What, what do you call that? Uh, your algorithm. Oh my, yeah. Your Reddit algorithm must be interesting. Yeah. yeah. We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we should talk about the Donnell family yes. today because we have Jill Donnell here with us. And uh, we're going to find out some awesome information about her and some hardcore genetic family ties to right. some, very talented <laughs> music family. royalty and um and she just has a great word for us today and yeah. so many people in Northside know jill and william and know their family Braden and you know the youth know so many of them but one of the reasons he's been around Northside so much lately is because of pickleball mm. yeah <laughs> and so we'll talk about that a little bit too i'm sure but uh we're gonna have jill donnell here so we might as well Donald. Donald. I told her I said I said Jill Donnell. <laughs> Donnell. You put that little southern drawl on it. <laughs> I just can't help it. Jill. Jill. So Jill. Jill, come on in the podcast room there. <laughs> well, we're here today with Jill Donald. Welcome, Jill, to the podcast room. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I paused because I always say Donnell. That's okay. And well, I learned this morning that it's not Donnell. That's exactly right. William and I have said that if we ever make it big, then we're going to be the Donnells. And until then, we're just the Donalds. <laughs> <laughs> well, coming from Texas, I have to draw everything out anyway. Mm-hmm. So it it's just, 10 different <laughs> syllables. Yeah, it just made more. Oh, that's okay. My name level. is Jill. 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 Two syllables at least. Well, we're glad you're here with us. What do you think about our decorating work here in the podcast room? Well, you know, I think decorating would be um, a little steep, <laughs> um, but I'm all about the whole M&M thing you've got going up. Yeah. on the, That is the one consistency I see up on the top yes. shelf is the M&M thing. But other than that, you could use a lady's touch in here. <laughs> yeah. And we're not talking about rappers. Yeah. yeah, yeah not Although the there might be some M&M oh, rappers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. over yeah, in that corner there is. Some. Yeah. There's right. 
I was looking on the Donald Farms site, and yeah. you're related to them, but that's not your primary gig by any stretch of the imagination, right? That's right. Yes. So my husband is the sixth generation to be raised on the family farm. Wow. I'm married to William Donald. Um, so we definitely have roots there, but mm-hmm. we don't live there. And William, although he has an agriculture degree, He's a software developer. So our time and energy goes other places. But my mother-in-law lives Mm -hmm. on the farm. My brother-in-law lives in town but works there at the farm. And so Andrew and Roseanne Donnell work and manage the Donnell Century Farm and just provide a really cool place for families to get to do something fun. And I always know uh, when it's a certain season is coming up, we're going to catch a lot of Instagram pictures of people out there (laughs) snapping pictures like with sunflowers and pumpkins. Exactly. Now yes. it's Easter eggs That's and right. stuff. So, in a very low key way, there's a ministry out there, mm-hmm. and so it's really cool. They have opportunity for people to hear the gospel. Um, they do have Easter egg hunts, and they have uh, you know kids are leaving there with a ton of candy. Oh, wow. And uh, but anyway, in the past, I've seen where she's done like resurrection eggs and yeah. different mm. things like that. Yeah. So it's you know we are full of Jesus, the yeah. whole family, yeah. and so it's kind of cool how that leaks out into the different things that we do. Yeah, especially out there on the pickleball court, because I don't know. You're pretty good. Well, thank you very much. You're pretty good. I I am decent. You're like in league plays and stuff now, right? Yeah, it's kind of weird. I just joined my first league, the ladies league, on Thursday nights. I will probably join the spring league when our daughter graduates from high school, but I don't want to be gone any nights from home that she's at home. I understand completely. You're part of the folks that are playing pickleball out here at the church, and that's fun to have you, Thank you. coming in and, and playing pickleball with us. Because a lot of people probably know you more from Yada around Northside. I mean, y'all know of me and people at Northside, but yeah. uh, Yada, you and William would come and sing that's right. uh, often at Yada. Yeah. And then you would show up at Lisa Clement's house during Christmas to <laughs> carol her. This is all true. And uh, <laughs> then we get to see the videos. Yeah. So that is just such a fun thing. So, William and I sang contemporary Christian music for nine years full time. And then when we came off the road full time, you know, we began just like serving in our local church mm-hmm. and leading worship, which is what we do. We're at Fellowship and we serve on the worship team and plug in wherever they need us, music wise. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you've been a professional singer for a long time and then all of a sudden you don't have those venues that you're out singing every single weekend, mm-hmm. your voice gets lonely and you just <laughs> are like, oh, I miss this so much. So about 20 years ago, William and I. Let's see, that would have been after 9-11. Mm-hmm. Was that like 20 years ago? That was 22 years yeah. ago. Okay, then that's how long it's been. All of a sudden, after 9-11, everything shut down. We had a flight that weekend to sing in San Antonio, and everything was shut down. No flights going, no anything. And then the trickle effect from that, even within amongst the church, was everything shut down. Mm-hmm. So they weren't bringing out, uh, bringing in people to come and sing and do youth events or do anything like that. Mm-hmm. Everybody was on guard, right? So we had to get very creative because this was our full-time living. You know, oh, we yeah. had to pay JEA. So, <laughs> yeah, right. so we're trying to figure out all that. And so we jumped into the studio with Josh and Michael Beck. Mm-hmm. We had Amanda Larson Wells and Jason Fitz. So Jason played the guitar, Amanda was on the fiddle, and William and I did vocals. And we recorded a Christmas album because mm. we did not know what in the world we were going to do. Mm-hmm. So we needed a place to kind of showcase this Christmas album that we had created and to try to sell to pay JEA. Right. And so we went to Mount Carmel United Methodist Church, yeah. which is yeah. where William's family is. They have deep, long-time roots there. Fantastic venue, by the way. I mean, the acoustics in there are incredible. And so we did our very first Christmas concert there. So we've been doing this concert now for, as you said, 22 years. And it has been something consistent that we have done. Okay. Well, we found out probably about five years ago that there were some people that were shut in Mm. and couldn't come. You know, they'd been able to come all these years Mm -hmm. and then they couldn't come anymore. And so we were like, okay, we obviously cannot do a full concert, but how cool would it be just our family of four to pack in these harmonies and go and do some little Christmas caroling for some for shut-ins? Awesome, yeah. 
So that's where it all started. And then now, you know, we get like the text around Christmas. Are you coming to my house? <laughs> Are you, you know, so Lisa Clements is just, she mentored me when we were on the road full time. I met mm-hmm. with her weekly for years and she just really poured into me. And another is uh, Debbie Curry. Mm-hmm. She is poured into me as well. So those are two houses, you know, we constantly go to their house and I'm like, here we go. You ready? <laughs> so anyway, that's where that started. And then now we find out that there are people that are maybe battling cancer or, or elderly. Like for Debbie Curry's mom, mm-hmm. she couldn't get out at all yeah. before she passed away. So we went actually and caroled inside her bedroom. Oh, so, you know, I mean, you don't think about caroling being a ministry, oh, completely. but it is. It's yeah. a really cool opportunity to share a gift that God has given you with people that are maybe lonely or need some Christmas cheer, mm-hmm. focus on Christ. Christ. Yeah. I have a really funny story about Mount Carmel. Okay. I got asked to come out there and preach one time many, many years ago. Okay. And I'm preaching and looking around. You can see out the windows. And I look out the window. There's like a pulled Hereford cow. So yeah. they have red cows out there. It's just looking through the window. Like, I'm here for church, dude. <laughs> it almost, I mean, it like... It throws you off. That's a, a performance <laughs> it, it, for one. Yeah. One cow. One, one cow. cow. <laughs> it derailed your train of thought. But being from Texas, I mean, it, it was normal. In some you way. preached to cows all the I time. Preached to cows all the time, but yeah, I mean, that's how you came up, right? That's how you exactly. got the train, and you just that's went out right. and preached exactly to the cows. Right. But uh, <laughs> you're right; that is a great, great little church out there, and those acoustics in there are really good. You don't even have to have microphones, really, or anything. We don't. Need, just, we don't use any boom. type of amplification. So. It's just all acoustic and it's packed. It's a really cool event. Not because of us. Yeah. It's it's just the Lord. But he packs that room where it's standing room only and kids are sitting on the floor. Mm, and cool. It's, That's it's, cool. If you get an opportunity to come, it's the second Thursday in December every year. Cool. Every year. So before we talk about why we really truly have you here today, mm-hmm. what's a really great story from the road or something you just remember like when you were out there all the time? It was just, just one of those really great road stories from... Holy moly. <laughs> I mean, there are so many different types of stories. So a funny story is Braden, our son, is 23. Mm-hmm. He'll be 24 in July. And... um we had help with us on the road, so he went with us all the time. By the time he was two, he'd flown 24 times. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So he was a well-traveled little guy. Right. And I think he was just uh, just a little over a year. No, 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 no. He was much older than this. He was like probably about two, two and a half. We were, you know, trying to potty train and, and do all that. And he was a slow learner on the potty train and stuff. And it's pretty difficult being on the road full time and having a kid that needed yeah. to wear a pull up. Sorry, Braden, if you're hearing this. Anyway, he decided to potty train on a plane to San Antonio. He found the little bitty potty in the back of the plane was the coolest thing he'd ever seen. It was just his size. So I remember on that plane, I think that we went to the bathroom like, it's not a long flight to San Antonio. You know what I mean? You're probably talking an hour and a half flight. Yeah. I think we went to the bathroom like 10 or 12 times. I felt like every 10 minutes we were, you know, and they were like, are you going again? And, and I wanted to look and, you know, to everyone and say, this kid is healthy. We're not <laughs> dealing with a major issue here. He just really wants to go TT in the potty. And so we laugh so hard because <laughs> that was when I, I told, told Brayden, I'm like, you bought your first underwear in San Antonio. How cool is that? But that's when he did. He, he potty trained on a plane to San Antonio. So, yeah, traveling with a child was uh, fun and mm-hmm. exhausting, mm-hmm. but the Lord really blessed that. And um, I've got some funner, funnier stories that are probably just borderline not appropriate for me to share. <laughs> but th- that was great. Awesome. Well, he turned time. out he turned out to be a really good skier because he went skiing with us one time on a youth ski trip from Northside. So he turned out to be a good skier, even though he potty trained on an airplane. He's crazy athletic. It's just kind of whatever he picks up. You should see him on the pickleball court. Oh, wow. okay. Holy moly. He's incredible. He's just oh. that kind of kid, though. He's just a star yeah. athlete. So, yeah, kid. snowboarding is his jam, too. <laughs> you and I were talking out here on the pickleball court mm-hmm. not too long ago, and uh, we were talking about having you come in and, and things, and you're like, I would love to talk about what the mm-hmm. Lord's laying on my heart right now and what I'm studying and what I'm doing with women in ministry and those kinds of things. So what is the Lord laying on your heart right mm-hmm. now? What what do you what kinds of things are you studying and looking at right now that the Lord's kind of giving you to be researching and praying and and just moving by the spirit with? 
Absolutely. Well, the main study that I'm in right now currently is uh, Priscilla Shire study, uh, The Armor of God. And I'm not going to talk about that today, but that is what I'm currently studying. Mm -hmm. It definitely has... Mm, man, it has just penetrated my walk with the Lord. It's something that I grew up learning about. So it's just really cool to learn about the Roman armor and how the, our armor of God looks like that. Mm-hmm. Sounds like I'm going to talk about it, but I'm not. Um, it is, <laughs> it's really cool. I love how the Lord does that. What I wanted to share with you guys today is kind of an overarching word or theme or focus that I feel like the Lord has given me this year. Mm-hmm. And that is his hand. Oh. So I began praying about six months ago that I would feel the weight of his hand throughout, not just like throughout my week or throughout my year, but throughout my day. Because I think it is truly amazing when we are in tune and focused on the Holy Spirit and praying to feel the weight of him, we will feel him all throughout our day. Mm. And I think it's pretty interesting to look back at the end of your day, you know, like if you're praying and just getting silent before the Lord at night, before you go to bed or whatever your time is with him. Mm-hmm. I think it's really cool to look back and to think back and go, wow. You were moving. Like, I can see that you were moving. So that's cool. But it's really, you want to talk about making the hairs on your back (laughs) stand up or the back of your neck stand up, is when you feel him move at that moment. Mm -hmm. And it's not something you have to reflect on, but it is something that you can rejoice and glorify him and worship him in that moment, as crazy as that might be. I've got just like some kind of silly stories. And then I've got some big stories where I felt his hand. There was one day that um, I was going in to get my nails done. And uh, I called the girl that does my nails and said, girl, is there any way that you can get me in? And she said, I can get you in at seven o'clock in the morning. Well, I'm really not a morning person. Um, I mean, I'm nice, but I I don't really get up and moving and out the door at seven o'clock. I can, but it's just not my jam. So I was like, okay, I can do that. I can totally do that. So I get in there and she's doing my nails. She and I are the only ones in there. And she said, how about a pedicure? Do you need a pedicure? And I did not need a pedicure, but I felt the Holy Spirit say, I want you to get a pedicure because I needed more time with her. Mm -hmm. She was beginning to open up Mm -hmm. and share about what was going on. See, the Lord, that was his hand Mm -hmm. to say 7 a.m. No one else is in the shop. It's just going to be you and her. Mm -hmm. She's going to have full reign to share with you exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. She is new in the faith. So she is a very baby Christian. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool to then, as she is telling me her story and what's going on, the Holy Spirit, the Lord's just giving me scripture after scripture to just pour into her. And here we are doing my feet and she's crying oh. and I can just feel the Lord. You know what I mean? And so yeah. that was so cool because I, I was like, that was the hand of God right there saying, I am in charge of this. I am very present. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I could feel obedience, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a blessing that came from that. And so after that, I was so excited. I mean, I was like, Lord, I felt your hand. That's so cool. We're going to pop in Kroger. I mean, I was like <laughs> bebopping into Kroger. I was so excited. <laughs> and I park my car. I'm walking through the parking lot and there is a lady that's there she's not a lot older than me i'm 50 so she's probably 60 65 but i just felt the lord say help her with her groceries Mm. help her get her groceries and take her card in for her and so i walk up behind her i didn't want to startle her i kind of started to grab her bags and i said can i help you get these in your car and she looked at me and she said i don't need your help I said, oh, okay. And I was like, okay, Lord, did you miss something here? Because she's not into (laughs) this at all. Like that. And I said, well, how about I take your cart back into Kroger for you? And she said, I said, I don't need your help. And I said, okay. I said, well, I said, how about this? I said, I'm going to pray for you the entire time that I'm in Kroger. I'm going to pray for you. And she just kind of looked at me like she was not expecting, I guess, that response. Mm -hmm. And I said, 
I just want you to know I'm going to be praying for you. And Jesus loves you so much. And so it kind of changed her tune, but she still, it wasn't like she stopped and was like, hey, I'm sorry I was a little bit rude. I was having a bad morning Mm. or you startled me or anything Mm -hmm. like that. She was not apologetic at all. And, you know, the flesh in me mm-hmm. wanted to, like, stick my tongue out at her and just go, <laughs> blah. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I hope your spaghetti is terrible. Or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? I hope you catch every red light on the way home. Like, you know what I mean? The flesh in me wanted to fire back at her because mm-hmm. she was rude to me. Mm-hmm. But because I had already felt the hand of God, I was saying, I'm going to walk in the Spirit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to walk in the Spirit. And the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, right. goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, mm-hmm. self-control. So, you know, I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to do like seven of these right now because <laughs> this is so hard. But I began to pray for her. And I just began to pray for the woman in the red sweater. And that's the only way that I need to pray for her. Mm. And as I'm walking through Kroger, and it makes me want to cry now because the Lord was like, I needed someone to intercede for her. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like she yeah. needed prayer today. And I don't know that there was anybody else that was probably praying for her at that time. Mm-hmm. But I felt like the Lord, and I even stopped like in the middle of Kroger. It was so heavy on my heart to really intercede and pray for whatever was going on in her life. And the Lord reminded me, this is my hand. Mm-hmm. I want you to feel my hand right now. So one of those was a very joyful, right? And one of those was quite painful. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's interesting in just those two little moments that happened, probably within two hours of each other, I felt the hand of God so strong. Mm -hmm. So through that, I just began to look back and see, God, where has your hand been throughout my life? And I'll share two other little stories. Mm -hmm. The first one where I felt the hand of God was, I mean, I remember it. I grew up in a very godly Christian home, so I have felt the Lord's hand. But these are two, like, big moments in my life. Mm -hmm. I was uh, 15 years old. I was a singer, so obviously... I was in like some talent shows. I'd won some talent shows. And my mom found out about a vocal studio in Bells called the Kincaid Gooch Voice Studio, Uh owned and ran by Debbie and Gary Gooch. And my mom found out about that. So she calls Miss Doris, which is Debbie's mom, who answered the phone Mm. and said, all this is important. She said, I want to sign my daughter up to take voice lessons. And so Miss Doris wrote down my name on a little bitty three by five note card, Jill Autry. It's my maiden name. Mm -hmm. She wrote my age, 15, and when she circled it, she circled through the one. They thought I was five. There were no spots, availability mm. for a 15-year-old girl. It was full. They didn't have enough mics. They didn't have anything. But for a kindergartner, that's <laughs> when you move into a place like that, you know? Yeah. Yep. So... Debbie calls my mom. Hey, can you bring Jill in? At this time, it was like a few months later. Can you bring Jill in? I've got an opportunity. You know, I've got some room for her, I think. Uh, Let's bring her in for an audition. So I walk through the curtain, because there were curtains at the top of the studio in that theater. So I walk through the curtain, and Debbie said she was like... Oh my gosh, that is the biggest six-year-old I have ever seen in my life. Like she's wearing makeup and probably drove here. What are we going to do? So I go down and I just sing probably Father's Eyes by Amy Grant or something like that. I mean, that's what I knew. And so I didn't know any of this until later. But she looked over at Gary and said, bye, Mike. (laughs) Bye, Mike. Bye, Mike. (laughs) So I started the following Monday and that place, that studio is where so much happened. First of all, I met the love of my life. Mm. I met my husband, my soulmate, the man that God created for me. Oh, wow. So William and I were um, studio sweethearts. You know, he went to Northside. I was from Dyersburg. So that was the start of our dating. So I saw the hand of God right there. Not only that, the Lord using that studio to prepare me for ministry. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I learned so much musically there. And so that is all super cool. The second time that I wanted to share with you guys about the hand of God is when I was 45. I guess it's been five years now. It was in 2018. I was helping Braden feed some pets. He was house sitting. 
And so I was there. We were planning a trip to Europe in about 11 days, actually. We were going to leave for Europe. So I was working on all these details. And all of a sudden, I'm on the phone with Angie Dugan, which is Will Dugan's (laughs) wife. I'm on the phone with Angie, and I dropped the phone. And so I was like, well, that's weird. So I go to pick up the phone, and my hand is completely limp. Mm. Have no use of the hand. I cannot pick up the phone. So I picked up the phone with the other hand, and I was like, "Um, Angie, um, I just lost control of my left hand. And she said, what? Hmm. And so I said, hang on just a minute. So I went to the bathroom, and I'm like grinning and smiling and blinking and sticking my tongue out, and my speech is not slurred, but my, my hand will not move or do anything that my brain is telling it to do. So I drove myself to convenient care. Called William. I don't know how I drove and made all these phone calls, but I did. I did. We, we won't go into that. Hands free device. That's right. I went to the convenient care. William met me there, takes me to the ER, and I go into one of those machines. I think it's a CT scan. I don't know. It's where you're in this tunnel right. type thing. Mm-hmm. So I go into this scan, and at this time, I mean, they are rushing me around in this hospital like crazy over at Jackson General, and they're all trying to figure out what's going on. They're asking me my diet. They're asking me all these different questions, and I'm, you know, I'm like, what in the world is happening? I'm very afraid. Mm -hmm. So I'm in the CT scan, and I feel the Lord show me his hands, and he cups his hands like this, and then he slightly moves one down lower than the other, and he creates a cup with his hands that is not penetrable. Hmm. And he says, you are right here. You are in my hand. I have you. Do not worry. Do not be afraid. I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And you are going to be fine. So I felt the hand of God. I had a stroke. You know, it was crazy. Um, I completely recovered from the stroke. And I knew that I was going to completely recover Mm -hmm. from the stroke. Because the Lord had made himself very evident in that moment and in that time. So something really cool. About three years later, I am leading worship at Fellowship. And I had not shared my stroke testimony with a ton of people. Like a lot of people didn't know that I had had a stroke. Mm. I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing to talk about, you know. So I'm leading worship. Mary Courtney Marsh, who is the art teacher at Trinity, she is going to paint mm. on a huge canvas while William and I lead worship. Cool. So it was about 18 minutes of worship that we had to do while she literally slapped paint on this canvas. When she finished, she had painted those hands. Mm. She had painted the same hands that I saw when I was in that CAT scan. That, awesome. That the Lord had given me and shown me that had given me such peace and comfort to know that he was in control. So I have those hanging up. Oh wow, yeah. In my house, this massive canvas of these hands and it I mean when I walk by those it's chilling to see and just so precious that the Lord is so faithful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To be in control and to remind us that he is sovereign and he is in control. Yeah. Through both of those stories and just listening to you talk, that power is available to anyone. That's right. The Holy Spirit is in us, and I liked what you said when you can look back during the day, and it has to be a decision to be open to looking for that, to seeing it, to experiencing it, because I think I've experienced this myself, but know a lot of people like, I'd love to have that experience, or Mm -hmm. I'd love to feel that power. I mean, I see that in you, but I just don't feel that. A lot of it is practice, practicing being open, because in our schedule, so many times during the day, we're just going from one thing to the next. And for many who have not grown up knowing about God, Jesus, or any of that, it's a new thing to try and stay open to that. But it is something that you consciously need to work on, but then it becomes so powerful when you can see that, like you said, in the moment, without the benefit of hindsight 2020 looking backwards. Mm -hmm. But that's available for anyone. Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately what, as we mature as Christians and and grow and learn and hear stories like yours and share our own stories, that hopefully we get to that point where we're walking hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And every day we're seeing where God's moving and then being able to react when we have an opportunity put in front of us to do something small or to do something big. And you've done many big things through your ministry. And so 
I just appreciate that about your story about where being so in tune in that relationship with God that you can see those opportunities and be open to being used by him to do something really pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, I often pray when we're praying for someone who's sick or going through a hard time or something, Lord, let them feel your arms of comfort around mm-hmm. them during this time. Mm-hmm. You know, let that be really real right. in, in their their life right now. Like you said, we've got to be a little more sensitive to it than mm-hmm. we are. It's like a doctor told us once, one of our kids was going through something. He said, he said, I know y'all are praying people and you work at a church and all that stuff. He said, God does healing. You know, mm-hmm. said now sometimes I get the credit mm-hmm. because I put it on a prescription pad, <laughs> but often I don't know if that's going to work 100% the way I want it to. Mm-hmm. He said, but that's what we do as doctors is do the best we can, but God's really the one who does the healing. Amen. You know, that kind of reminds me of that right there, you know, is reaching out and holding that hand of God. It's a great visual and, and word of the, mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is your word of the year. You're, you're feeling like you're, yeah. you know, it's what God's just kind of put on you this it's, year. Yeah, it's just to feel that he is near, mm. very near, like for some people uncomfortably near mm-hmm. all the time. And just to be open and aware to see him there mm-hmm. and through that, giving him glory, yeah. which is what we're created to do is bring God glory, period. Right. Right? Yeah, completely. So, you know, just to see all the tiny little things that he does, not just the big ones, because mm-hmm. those are easy. You know, the big ones are easy. It's those tiny little things that, to me, make you realize and have a spirit of worship, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. A heart of worship yeah. throughout your day mm-hmm. when you're so focused on what he's doing instead of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. And so to have a heart of worship that is bringing God glory in the little things, mm-hmm. like it, like in this podcast, or unloading the dishwasher, yeah, yeah. or pumping gas. Do you know what I mean? Just to give him glory and be thankful that he is very near and very present. Our family, we've shared a little bit on this podcast, but I haven't really shared a whole lot, but a lot of struggle in our particular family with our children and our adoption story and lots of different things. One of the things that's really helpful for our kids is a weighted blanket. And Mm. some people have told me, I can't sleep with that weight on me. It's too heavy. But for them, the weight is comforting. Mm -hmm. And when you said the hand of God, I feel like sometimes the hand of God is really heavy. Yeah. Like you can feel in the moment there's significant weight here. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't always make me happy. But in the obedience, like you said, and being able to be aware and respond in the moment, there's joy. And there's a difference between joy and happiness. And joy is the communion with God, the communion with the Spirit. And so it doesn't necessarily always feel happy or fun to be in that moment where you're serving. That's right. And praise is not always, for me, it's not always happy. It's my gift whatever I have in the moment, it's the worship in spirit and truth. Mm-hmm. And it's not always butterflies and rainbows sure. because God's as real as we are. Jesus experienced everything we did, the ups and the downs and all of that. And to be fully human, to be ourselves in the good and the bad and have the ups and downs is the image of God. That's who we are built to be. And so I think a lot of people who maybe aren't following Jesus or struggling feel like they have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to be good all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. And it's just a good reminder to me, my family's experience that God wants us to be us and be real with him. And that's really what it's all about. And even in the bad times, even in the low times, you will be able to find blessing if you're open to it. So That's just sort of the image that came to me when he said hand of God is a weighted blanket can be heavy and yet Mm -hmm. really, really good. Yeah, I can say laying on a table and the doctor's telling you that you've just had a stroke was not a highlight (laughs) um, of my life, you know, but one of the most worshipful times Mm-hmm. in my life yeah mm-hmm. yeah I mean? really good because wow, i really truly good. felt the presence of the lord and that's humbling mm-hmm. it's also hopeful mm-hmm. oh completely you know what i mean that's where our hope is sure just sure. knowing he's there yeah isaiah 49 16 i pulled this up while ago it says behold i've engraved you on the palms of my hand your walls are continually before me mm. Mm. you know that's just the reminders of that that can be so powerful in our lives because 
the lady at the shopping cart is such a great thing. You just had this God moment. Yeah. And so quickly we can flesh that all to pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. go, all right, old lady, get out of my way. <laughs> so, that be is, like that. That's something huge for me is, is a daily choice. Mm-hmm. Not even a daily choice. It is a minute by minute choice mm. of choosing to walk in the spirit and not walk in the flesh. Yeah, we were uh, on spring break last week, and it was me, my wife, and my youngest daughter, and we were talking a lot about attitude Mm -hmm. and just how attitude changes everything. Mm -hmm. And you choose what attitudes you walk into the day with, Mm -hmm. and you choose whether or not you're in that attitude of constant prayer, that constant, you know. So attitudes are really, really important, and it's fun to be around someone like you that's like, I'm going to choose this attitude. <laughs> and so so it is, it's an important thing. It's a really blessed thing to choose God over all of our own desires. I'm not fantastic at it, but I am making effort. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm making effort to do that. Well, that's yeah. a part of, I mean, it that's is. a huge part of it. You have to make a choice. Uh-huh. Because I think left to our own impulsive human tendencies, that might not be the choice. But I'd be interested to hear, you obviously have been in music for a very long time. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about before the 15 story, which was awesome. Were you singing when you were little? You know, was that a part of your family? Where did that come from? Absolutely. Yes. So I come from a very musical family. My grandmother is of eight kids. My grandmother was the vocalist. So they walked to church. Oh, nice. And they would carry their instruments with them mm. um, as far as like guitars and um, steel guitars. Mm-hmm. Oh, and wow. Banjos wow. and all of that. All the siblings played an instrument and sang, except for my grandmother. She didn't play another instrument she was the lead Hmm. singer and so just hearing the stories of that her name's mama sue she's 91 she's hilarious (laughs) it's fantastic i love her dearly but anyway just hearing the stories about that is is super cool so that generation then all of my mom's first cousins they all sang and so I've had multiple members of my family to record and do all that kind of stuff. So my mom sang with her two other first cousins. So they had a trio, just that tight, like Andrew sisters type Mm -hmm. harmony, Mm -hmm. you know, in the fifties and sixties. So it was super cool. So my mom, they traveled and did that kind of thing. And then my mom sang with a group called Sweetwater whenever I was little and it was just a not anything like they didn't travel very very far but kind of a west tennessee mm-hmm. kind of thing that they would go and sing at churches so i was probably like 3 you know and they would just kind of sit me up stand me up on the stage and sing like I am a promise. You remember that? I am a possibility. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Singing like those salty songbook, whatever those little songs were that we grew up singing. So yeah, I started singing whenever I was really young, sang frequently in my church Mm. in Dyersburg. And then whenever I was about seven years old, no, 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 seventh grade. I was probably became a Christian whenever I was probably around nine or 10-ish and gave my life to the Lord. But then whenever I was in the seventh grade, I think I was around 12 or 13, mm-hmm. I submitted mm. my life to ministry. I knew that the Lord had a calling on my life. I didn't know what that looked like. I prayed that it would be music because I really mm-hmm. loved music, but I knew that the Lord had a calling on my life to share the gospel and to pour into people's lives and um, be the light, you know, be the light of Christ. So I began at that age, like daily seeking the Lord. I remember before school in the morning, this is kind of cool. My mom had one of those, you know, like when you would go into a beauty shop and they would have those hair dryers yeah. that you sit down and that <laughs> big right. hair dryer thing comes over you. I intentionally sat underneath that hair dryer and would let it just kind of dry my hair. It'd take about 30 minutes and that would give me time. You know, I was multitasking in a sense, but it would give me time with the Lord. Hmm. And so I was reading my Bible and I was praying underneath that hair dryer. Isn't that funny? <laughs> that is such a vivid memory for me. But yeah, so grew up in musical home and a church that encouraged mm-hmm. and, you know, really cultivated leading worship and worship in the Lord. And then... Yeah, started singing, took at the studio, obviously, when I was 16, Um, met William, was a vocal major in college for three years, switched to education at one point, and then got an opportunity to sing with a group out of East Tennessee called Sold Out. They had all graduated from Lee University. Mm -hmm. So I was at Union and 18, and I left after the first semester to go travel 
and uh, tour with them. Yeah. So did that. And then whenever I came back to school, William was at Martin. So I switched to UTM. I was a vocal major there for a little while. And that was when William and I began writing and putting to paper mm-hmm. what God is laying on our heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't play any instrument. We just sang and and could write. And so we went to Gary Gooch and said, we have all these songs in our head. Can you please help us like put music to these? Mm-hmm. And it was so funny. He'd start playing and we would go, no, 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 it's a crooked note, which would be like a minor <laughs> or it would go to like the seventh, you know, yeah. and it's a crooked note. And so Gary would be like, is it the seven here? And we're like, yes, that's what we hear, the seven. So it was kind of interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. Since then, you know, William plays the guitar and that is a much easier process. But, um, but yeah, yeah. Jumped in the studio, began recording and, you know, it wasn't what we had planned. William has a plant and soul science degree. He was going to put shrubs in people's yards and make their houses beautiful. Like, yeah. you know, he was going to be like a landscape architect or yeah. something. I have a degree in education, K through eight. I was going to teach school. I was going to teach for five years, mm. have a baby in five years, which we did do that. We brought Brayden home on our five-year anniversary. <laughs> but we were, I was going to teach for five years and then stay at home. That was the plan. But God had something different planned for us. And um, so it was really cool. Music is my, I mean, I love love being able to minister through that mm-hmm. that avenue. Definitely following the leading of the spirit there to things you didn't expect. Yeah. What's it like professionally for nine years is what you guys were doing. Is there a struggle between ego and humility in the entertainment business when that is your life? Was there ever a struggle with that for you guys? I've heard this with other artists. You're in the spotlight, so there's attention mm-hmm. on you. You are up on a pedestal for people to see. Mm-hmm. And yet, especially as a Christian artist, I would imagine there's a lot of pressure to be a good representative of God, and yet you're human. So did you ever struggle with that in those nine years with gaining more popularity, being asked to do more things, perhaps making more money, those kinds of things that are part of the business, and yet you're ministering to people? How did you stay grounded? I mean, absolutely. I think pride is probably mm-hmm. the sin that most everybody deals with. It's gateway to everything else. I know. I think it is too. It's a gateway for sound. Sure. You know? So yeah, I mean, you know, your pictures on the cover of an album and or multiple albums or yeah. whatever and you got people wanting you to sign their arm and their t shirt and you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. stuff's kinda weird. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, that is something that I would think most Christian artists would face mm-hmm. is pride. I chose to stay grounded. So meeting with Lisa Clements mm-hmm. in her living room floor, I would just sit in the floor. Mm-hmm. And so just being able to talk through all of the things like that, you know what I mean? Like coming up with a response. How do you respond when someone says, you did such a great job? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I want to go, you missed the whole thing, right? You know what I mean? And, and their heart is good. They mean it in the most sincere way. So with Lisa, I was like, well, how do we respond? And she was like, you immediately turn that and give God all the glory. So now, still, whenever we lead worship at church, you know, people will, mm-hmm. will be, oh, I love it when you lead, or I don't say that pridefully at all. Please don't hear that. But, yeah. you know, people uh, yeah. will say things like that, and, and I'll just say, it's all about Jesus. He equips us, and it is all about His glory. So I think to just constantly turn that switch away, I definitely, you know, like most people, you deal with pride in the areas that you are good But then that bleeds over into other things. So, you know, I've dealt with pride of just um, a perfectionist. I like for everything to be perfect, you know? And so, (laughs) you know, at the end, like last night, I took a charcuterie. I was supposed to bring a dessert. I was just supposed to bring a dessert. And so then I thought, oh my goodness, people will be hungry. Like they're not going to want just dessert. So I thought, okay, I'll just do a charcuterie board. And then I thought, okay, well, I've got some chicken in the freezer. I could make a chicken salad. Ooh, some smoked Gouda pimento cheese. Okay, I'll do a full charcuterie board with smoked Gouda. Now I'm hungry. You can come over to our house anytime if you want. I know. (laughs) And so then I thought, oh crap, we're supposed to do, I'm keeping it real. I say crap. So, um. So I was like, oh no, I was just supposed to do dessert tonight. So I do like have this chocolate cake with fruit and 
fruit dip and then, all, you know, I've got all this stuff. And at the end of it, it was gorgeous. Like the, it was a presentation, <laughs> but that is where it's things like that, mm-hmm. that I'm like, Oh, like, look what you just created. And the Lord is just like, okay, it's really not a big deal, but this is pride. Mm, You know, so the Lord has laid on my heart before. I love to make like beautiful salads, like where they're all the vegetables are on a bed of lettuce in rows. You've got like the tomatoes and the cucumber and then the bacon and then the eggs. It's all like gorgeous, you know? And so the Lord, what he told me one time, he said, I just need you to make a messy salad. <laughs> I just need you to go to Kroger and get one of those bags that mm-hmm. are like pre-made. Yeah. And I just need you to dump it in a bowl and throw like a big old bottle of craft dressing. Cause I like make homemade dressings and do all this stuff. You know, I need a big bottle of craft dressing. Can you do that for me? And I need you to take it somewhere that it matters. And I'm like, Oh no, you're asking me to take a messy salad. But I did. You know what I mean? I showed up and I was like, I'm bringing in this messy salad because I have to come against pride. So, yeah, yeah. I answered that in a way bigger way than what you ask. But I think it's hard in music to stay grounded. But staying in the word. And staying around people on a regular basis that can keep you grounded and know the ins and outs of you and have learned your personality and that you're open up with and can hold you accountable. Accountability is huge in that industry. Yeah, I think it's relevant. We just had a conversation about generation gaps. Mm. There's five to perhaps seven different generations that are, exist in our world today. Five that probably are in the workforce, but they are so different from baby boomers down to Gen Z. And one of the things we talked about when it comes to Gen Z, particularly because of screen size and things, we've become very isolated in many ways. Uh, screens are very personal. They're in our hands. We do it very privately. And it can be very isolating. And for many, especially kids, I have experienced this in my family, interacting with others is super critical because a lot of times they're isolated to whatever this is. Now, if you have school and teams, and that's where you get some of that interaction. But I think accountability is huge when it comes to our faith. Not only can we learn so much from people that are different from us and the way they experience life and their faith, but we can hold each other to a standard. And part of that is staying connected. Mm. And in periods of my life when I'm less connected, I'm definitely suffering because of it. When I'm very connected, having time to talk to God, reading not only the Bible, but other sources and things like that, staying connected is super critical to experiencing the Spirit in a very real and tangible way. That's, that's something that our kids need to know that those relationships are not just social connections and friendships. There's opportunity there to hold you together in the spirit. Absolutely. Yeah. Our daughter's 17. And so she's a junior in high school Mm. and just, we've got great kids. And I say that, um, of course, I think that they are sweet and smart and beautiful and talented and all that, but they love Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that is the only thing that really matters to me is that they have a relationship with the Lord. And so it's been very interesting watching Ella Catherine pursuing friendships that are godly friendships Mm -hmm. that encourage her. And then watching her get fed from those friendships and then how that pours out of her into those relationships where she's friends with their non-believers and kind of seeing what that looks like. So you can see her fueled up. She's got that accountability, but then she's pouring out and into these kids that don't know Jesus and kind of seeing what that looks like. It's critical. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is very critical in, totally our, agree. in our lives. Well, Patrick, I've got great news. Oh, yeah. What's up? I Googled uh, the Crooked Note Band. Oh, yeah? And there isn't one. So. Oh, hey, there's a name. What a great <laughs> band name. Crooked Note. <laughs> the Crooked, the crooked Notes. Note. We're the Crooked Notes. Yeah. That's called ignorance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm going ahead and buying that URL there right now. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Go Hello, everybody. <laughs> just let William and I open up for you, and we'll be safe. <laughs> the Donalds opening for Crooked uh, Note. The right. Donnells. The, the Donnells. Donnell. Yeah, at that point, we're going to be majors. Well, right. I, do, I do have to ask, with the name Autry, 
Yeah. Gene Autry? Yes, absolutely. Related? Yes. Yeah. No way. Uh-huh. Yeah. So in our family tree, I'm not exactly sure mm-hmm. how that is, but it has something to do with my great-grandfather and maybe his father were first cousins. You know uh, what I mean? So yeah, not... Yeah, yeah, not super close, but Not super still. close related, but definitely in the same genetic Wow. Program. But yeah. also... All the singing and everything. Yeah. <laughs> also, Marty Robbins. Oh, oh wow. No way. Love Marty yeah, Robbins. Yeah, Marty Robbins is on the other side. My grandmother was a Robbins. Mama Sue, you heard me talk about, she was Sue Robbins. And so she is the same family tree as uh, Marty Robbins. Yeah. So you really didn't have a choice. Music was your... <laughs> That's right. You were wired for it. I was wired for it. (laughs) That's awesome. um, Josh got in my truck yesterday. Yeah. And Big Iron by Marty Robbins was on the radio. And he goes, what is this? (laughs) You're like, this is good music. That was a teachable moment there, man. They don't write songs like this anymore. So they don't write ballads anymore. Those those are gone now. So so he got an introduction to Marty Robbins yesterday. That's so That's very funny. I know, right? What are the the chances of... I mean, that's probably not a name that you bring up daily. No. You know? No. Well... Glenn brings up Marty Robbins okay. every day, okay. at least weekly. So. Marty Robbins it. and Jim Croce. Yeah. Oh, they were talking about good stuff. Yeah. Good storytellers. Oh, my goodness, Jill. Thank you so much for coming in and Aww, spending some time with us and me. sharing this with us because, you know, these are the kinds of things that we like to share out on the podcast. And it means so much to everybody to kind of hear. And it helps us all. Mm have a little bit of extra sensitivity, mm-hmm. which is so, so important as we're looking to feel a little closer to, to our Lord and Savior. Thank you so, for having me. Thank I you. appreciate it. Yeah. And we'll have to have you come and yodel for us sometime. <laughs> yeah. So that would be fun. Maybe you can get William and I to, yeah. together at some point. That would be fun. That'd be great. And, uh, yeah. And that's what's so crazy now that our kids are older. The four of us are going to lead worship for sunrise service. Oh, fun. Yeah. At church. And so I sent a message they were like, can all four of you do it? And I was like, yes, we are all four in, a.k.a. Partridge family. <laughs> we will be there. <laughs> we'll throw them off next time and tell them the crooked notes will be there. Crooked notes, not the Partridge family. <laughs> or the Dunnails. Right. Thank you again. Thank you coming. so much, guys. I appreciate it. I'm not sure I would have been so nice to the lady in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, me either. The whole time I was thinking, she said the the lady giving her the pedicure was started crying. I was like, yeah, if somebody was giving me a pedicure, they'd probably start crying too, but for uh, different reasons. <laughs> That's interesting. I had this conversation come up oh, somehow in our family. Have you ever done a foot washing? Yes. Yes. Multiple. No. I avoid so, them on purpose. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I think, what was it? We were watching... Oh, it was Jesus Revolution. If you've Ah. seen the movie, Mm -hmm. there's a a short scene in there where there's some foot washing. And as a part of my tradition in college uh, was Church of the Brethren. And so they're more Anabaptist. And some of their tradition is Love Feast, which is a reenactment of the Last Supper. And then foot washing is a part of it. Mm -hmm. And so I've participated in that before, but it gives you a whole new appreciation of the humility Jesus had when you're washing people's extremely beautiful feet. (laughs) And that was very unique. That was before socks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. Where you were walking through pretty much everything, but yeah, it it was a really moving experience because you understood the level Jesus went to, to serve. Yeah. We used to do foot washings in youth ministry a lot more in part of confirmation Yeah, and things with their mentors. And we literally had a group of students, I guess they're in their thirties now. And they were like, no, (laughs) it was no, you're not seeing my feet. No No way. You're not doing it. And we were like, okay. So we changed to hand washing and some other stuff, but yeah, isn't it funny? And and you brought up a great point because it's not just the person washing the feet. It's the allowing someone to wash your own own feet. feet. Yeah. And that's what it was. They're not seeing my feet. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. And I've got two girls. Celeste is the worst though. She's a nurse people (laughs) and she just can't do feet. She's gotten better. I relate. I'm not a nurse and that 
These feet, know, feet make me uncomfortable. As long as you, if you didn't need them, you wouldn't want them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Socks, shoes, none of that bothers her, but a foot. And then we would chase her around, like trying to put our feet on her when she was young. And, you know. Well, that's why you traumatized well, her. Well, I, I paid for all the therapy, but that's not. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> well, I've heard some stories from podiatrists I'll share offline. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. There's no telling. Uh, okay, yeah, let's, let's uh, change, change Moving the subject. On. <laughs> but yeah, so um, we're so glad Jill was here because that. You know, getting really, really close to Easter now and just hearing her today just kind of stuck with me. And I recently had a really great small group experience with my adult small group I've been doing on Wednesdays and then have her talk about this today. I'm, I'm ready for Easter, man. I'm, I'm fired up right now. So really excited because I'm glad Lord works through people like her and yeah. her family. Often. It was a really good reminder of me how we need to stay present. Mm-hmm. Especially me, I fall into this trap all the time where... My schedule gets really busy certain times of year. If you ever have kids, you kind of understand this, that are either school age or, you know, whatever. If you don't stay present, you're going to miss the, some of the opportunities yeah. that God has for you to serve, but also the opportunities that God has for you to learn. And so that was convicting for me, yeah. that if you can stay connected like that, you're going to have so many more opportunities to apply what you know and believe, but also to be ministered to. It's great conversation. It was a good conversation and uh, good stuff. So make sure y'all share this with everyone because I think this is a, a good word to hear, especially this time of year and, and for this year. And what a great word that she shared with us. Yep. Now, we've been saying we are close to Easter, Patrick. Yes, so we're close I'm to sure a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. So yes. what do we got? So everybody buckle up. Pull out your calendar and we'll go through this together. <clears throat> I'm ready. All right. April 2nd. It's coming right up, right around the corner is Palm Sunday. We'll have our regular worship services that morning. However, we will need palm wavers. We need kids to wave some palms. And youth. And And youth youth and whoever, you know, any age really. This isn't limited to just children. Kids at heart. Exactly. Kids at heart. If you want to wave some palms, they're going to meet 10 minutes before each service in the narthex by the sanctuary before the 8 and 10.30 services. And then before the 9.15 service, they're going to meet in that 400 hallway behind or at the back of Hope Hall. Okay. So that's where they're going to meet there. So if you want to wave palms 10 minutes before the services start. Then that afternoon from 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock is the annual Easter egg hunt. We say Easter egg hunt, but like I've been saying, it's a lot more than just an Easter egg hunt. It's an extravagant hunt. Thousands of Easter eggs. Some right over there. (laughs) There's going to be a petting zoo and animal rides and inflatable jumpers, and it's going to be something you don't want to miss. Fun for the whole family. Then April 7th, that's Good Friday, at 7 o'clock p.m., we're going to have a Good Friday service in the sanctuary. So make sure you put that on your calendar. Then April 9th, that's the day, that's Easter, we're going to have a sunrise service at 6 a.m. down in the Vesper area behind the church, and then we'll have our three regular service times. And then April 14th, men, save the date, we're going to have a sort of a men's get-together. We're going to talk about men's ministry here at Northside. Um, We're going to do that at 6.30 p.m. I believe we're going to do that out at Bill Spann's house. That's correct. That is correct. Cool. So, men of Northside, calling you out. April 16th is going to be Confirmation Sunday. That'll be a regular service schedule, but make sure you come out and support our confirmands. And then April 21st through the 23rd will be the Renewed Youth Event. Glenn, you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, Renewal 23, we're going to have this year. It's a like discovery event. We're going to be doing it with New Hopewell out at Medina. And Cameron is going to be, he's the youth pastor out there now. And that's where he went. And so he's going to be bringing their kids in. We're going to be sharing doing this event together it's going to be a, a really great event cost is 15 dollars a student and you know some of them will be part of the leadership of that there's information starting to circulate out now be out on our socials by the time you hear this will be out I encourage everybody to come we're going to need some helpers so if you're interested in helping you know set up takedown you know some of those kinds of things just get with me and let me know cool April 23rd, that Sunday, is also going to be, uh, it's a little bit different Sunday morning schedule. We're going to have Sunday school at 9 o'clock, and then we're going to have one joint service at 10 a.m. in the sanctuary that's going to be led by our children and youth. And then at 11.30 in Hope Hall, we're going to have a congregational meeting, and they're going to serve lunch, and there will be a nursery. So 9 o'clock Sunday school, 10 a.m. service, 
and then 1130 meeting. And then the next Saturday, April 29th, we're going to have a tech day here at Northside, sort of a training for new volunteers, for old volunteers. If you are interested in anything technical related at the church that we do, the audio visuals for Sunday morning, and you want to learn more, you want to be part of the team, we're going to do that from 10 a.m. to about 1 p.m. We're going to have lunch too, and we're going to we're going to go over all the technical stuff. If you want to run sound or run the lights or anything in that realm. So I'll be putting that on. I hate I'm going to miss that. Yeah. I would More info to, to come. But if you know anyone that has a bit of a technical leaning that might be interested, encourage them to come out that day. That's April the 29th at 10 a.m. Come hang out with me. And then the next big day, May the 7th. Do you all know what happens May 7th? Um, No. We have church. We do have church. Do you know when we're having church on May 7th? Um, yes. I think we, I'm going to say nine o'clock. Yes, you are hey. correct. Ding, 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 ding. So May 7th, we're going to implement our new Sunday schedule. So if you haven't seen anything, here it is. Nine o'clock in the sanctuary. 10 o'clock, Sunday school. 11 o'clock, Hope Hall. So okay. nine, 10, 11. You can't tell me you, that you can't remember that. <laughs> 9, 10, 11. So, yes. We're excited to finally know what that new schedule is and be able to to move forward with it. We're excited about that. I'm excited about having a, a joint Sunday school time again. Yes, so. that will be good. And then also May 7th, you know what else makes May 7th a big deal? I do. We are going to have a church potluck Woo-hoo! at 5 o'clock p.m. Food, 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 games, 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 all the fun stuff. So if you don't know what a potluck is, you Google open it. a pot Google and it. get lucky. It's like a leprechaun. <laughs> you know, Find gold in when the we pot. were talking about having a potluck, one of the concerns that was raised was that some people weren't going to know what a potluck was. So call it a dinner. So do we, well, I mean, like, it's like a, <laughs> it's a bring your own dish dinner, right? <laughs> yeah. So, but you got to make sure you bring a dish for you uh, Just your, with food. I'll tell it. you what. Hundreds between, of closest to friends. Between yeah. now and May 7th, each podcast, we will have a best practices potluck tip. There we go. How about that? You know what we should do, though, is sample a favorite potluck dish every podcast. Oh, there we go. Okay, yeah. I'm on board with this. Somebody bring <laughs> that up to us. Yeah. Yeah, that'd yeah. be good. Yeah. Mm. Like mac and cheese casserole or Ooh. deviled Ooh. eggs. Ooh. Oh, definitely some deviled I'm eggs. I'm hungry right now. You're not making this easier for some me. fried chicken. <laughs> Lemon meringue pie. Ooh. <laughs> or German chocolate pie. Yeah. Or cake. Or Ham, German chocolate Handballs. <laughs> we can keep going. Homemade pickles. Let's not. Okay. All right. Moving on. <laughs> a couple other future dates to go ahead and, and put on your calendar because you don't want to miss these. June 2nd through the 4th is going to be the dates for the youth musical. Y'all want to know the name? Ooh, I don't know what the name is. Firm Foundation. Ah, okay. Firm Foundation, a youth musical by Northside Youth. June 2nd through the 4th. So go ahead and put those dates because you don't want to miss that. That's going to be that's going to be good. Are there any other like little secret uh, tidbits you want to drop today. right now? Okay. Not today. They're working on it. They're, yeah. they're practicing and stuff now. And then the week of July 10th is going to be VBS. So go ahead and put that on your calendar. Block it off so you don't schedule your summer vacation because your kids are going to want to come to VBS this can year. Can they register now? No, they cannot. But <laughs> you can go ahead and put the dates down on your calendar. Yeah. And Do you want to know the name? Yeah. Me too. I don't know what it is. Actually... <laughs> I do know what the name is. Actually, I think I've heard I it think a it times. is something about yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> I'm about to say it any minute now. It's coming to you. Is it about dinosaurs? No, it's like food truck party. Oh, yeah. I think oh, there is a is. food truck coming. Yeah, there is a food truck coming. Yes. And so I'm pretty sure it's called food truck party. And Seb's is coming yes Ooh, oh. it makes me happy can we all just sit here and think of the greatness of seb's seb's frozen <laughs> ice in fact seb's ice. if you're listening to this we would love for you to be our first sponsor sponsor of our web of our podcast our webcast now <laughs> okay yes I was that right. was a gen x thing to say yikes webcast webcast yes <laughs> um yes but it's it's food truck party so yeah oh man that'd be fun 
I don't know if uh, they wanted me to go ahead and give that yeah. information away, but you know what? I believe in building hype. So <laughs> we're on the cutting edge here. We're on the cutting edge. Now. So that that should get us at least for a little while. That's good. Um, lots of stuff coming yeah, up. Lots of stuff. Never slows down. And our next podcast, we're going to have some fun stuff. But I do have a question. I want everybody to research between now and the next podcast. Okay. And we won't take up the whole podcast on this. So if everybody does their research. So I was asked yesterday, as we're recording this, do you know what they did with Jesus' cross after he was crucified on it? Mm-hmm. Was it used again? Was it? That's a good question. I'll have to do some research. Let's research that because I don't know if we know the answer to that question. I don't think it's in scripture anywhere. In fact, I know it's not, but we'll see if we can find out anything. Okay. All right. A little treasure hunt. I like hunt. it. I like a treasure it. hunt. Maybe there's a conspiracy theory in here. <laughs> if you're familiar with the Shroud of Turin, yeah, probably see. there is. <laughs> I heard it was uh, crushed up in a crusher and made into glitter. What about the Freemasons and Illuminati? Yeah, the, they've got it hidden somewhere in a vault. Maybe. So, all right, well, guys, thanks for podcasting with me. And thanks to all of you out there in the world for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from us, you can follow us on Instagram at Northside Now Podcast. Go to our website, northsidejackson.com, or email us at podcast at northsidejackson.com. We hope to hear from you soon. Once again, this is Patrick. This is Glenn. I'm Kevin. And that's what's happening at Northside Now. Bye-bye.